is a living. Pocket is a dying. So can you. Zed's dead, baby. This was Zed's my dead. Life. 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 something really bad. I have to go home. Yeah, you may be a superhero, buddy, but you're not invincible. You are home. You let me lie to you for a week? I was trying to be romantic. Go to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. You will not go quietly into the night. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And I'm Stephanie. And we're the The Film Film Underdogs. Underdogs. Welcome back to Film Underdogs. Today we're going to be talking with Dana Shea. Dana's a local actress here in Portland and she's been in a few shorts. You've been in a feature or not yet? Um, I'm actually filming two features right now. Nice. Yeah. I saw that you had a number of shorts. The one that I wanted to ask you about was... The Zombie the Musical. Zombie the Musical was my best friend in college's honors thesis. So she wrote the script and wrote the music, and all of our friends filmed it together. And it is a glorious piece of effort from a lot of people who really didn't know what they were doing. Not a a work of cinematic genius, but I always like to brag about it, and I love that it's on IMDb because I think it's hilarious, and when I watch it, even though I, like, cringe at my acting and cringe at so many other things, I'm just like, this was so much fun. (laughs) We got to film singing in, like, the freezing Montana weather, and it was great. (laughs) That's cool. Dana has worked with both Stephanie and I on... The 48-hour film project. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we ignore that. Yeah, I was actually trying to remember the name of the 48-hour film project <laughs> movie. Wow. Uh, now open. No, I'll, yeah, now, now open. open. Ooh. <laughs> Team Shiny Objects. Check them out. It's on Vimeo. Yes, it is, and it's on uh, IMDb listed, too. Yes, it is. So, what, what? and that's another piece of cinematic genius, but, you know, it works. Mm-hmm. It's something that's out there. I loved the experience with the 48-hour film festival, and I loved how I I, kind of fell into it. Like, um, Derek just posted a casting call at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I just happened to be on Facebook because I didn't have anything to do that that weekend. I wasn't wasn't filming anything. I had the day off, so I was up at 1 o'clock in the morning, which I never am, and I saw that, and I submitted, and he messaged me, and I was like, cool, I have to be on set in five hours. I should probably, like, go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then, That's why then, I was falling. I every time I wasn't on, every time I wasn't like actively filming, I was asleep on his couch. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the first time we met, and first thing I did is yeah, bruise Jeff. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of figuratively fun. or artistically, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, that was fun actually. Yeah, and I'm hoping at some point we get to work together on something with some good makeup again so I got a chance to do it because you were kind of a trooper through that whole thing oh I love getting my makeup done (laughs) I wouldn't be lying if oh god that sucks so much why do we have to get our makeup done no that's the best part (laughs) also kind of enjoying the rest of the filmmaking process Mm -hmm. as well that's good I mean I haven't gotten into the writing aspect of it yet but that's just because I'm not comfortable enough with my dialogue Mm -hmm. you know that, that, com- that comes, though. Yeah. It's a I'm, skill. That's something I'm not overly comfortable with at this point, but... Um, you just have to find your style as well. Yeah, I think so. I've got a couple of things that I've written that I'm kind of stalling on because I can't find the right dialogue for what it is. Mm-hmm. 
I've got a um, novel that's basically written, but I've got to be comfortable enough to actually put it out there. And then I've also got a kid's book that I'm writing that the part that's hung me up is the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so I want to, um, I really need to sit down and just write it out and then go back and tweak the dialogue later. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where those go as well as everything else in my life. That's but. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, like, actors do it, but I know sometimes writers do it. Just kind of go out in public and just, like, li- or, like, go to, like, a cafe or just listen to people talk. Like, do you ever do that just to figure out, like, a character or anything? I don't know if I've ever, co- like, consciously done it with the intention of having it be for something like that, but I, I love people watching. Yeah. I love, downtown Portland oh, is yeah. a freaking gold mine. <laughs> I love it. Well, and from a uh, makeup point of view, it's very interesting too because you go down there and you see all kinds of different faces and um, some very weathered people, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you get the. Get inspired. Yeah. And you see the kind of the street kid look that's going on, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of different things you'll see in downtown. That's a unique experience. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. How did you get your start in acting? Um, it was kind of a weird little road. Like I really loved acting when I was younger, like a little kid, and then in middle school. But I kind of gave it up in high school because my school didn't have a theater program, and so I went to college not knowing that that's what I wanted to do until I was about a junior. Um, and then I just decided on a whim with a couple of my friends to audition for the play Robin Hood. And I ended up getting the part of Maid Marian and like kind of just realized through the rehearsal process that like it was the highlight of my day and it was the best thing I was doing. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to that original dream. And yeah, I made the decision and I pursued it pretty relentlessly. And now I'm here. Yay! Yay! Like, what or who was your inspiration? For acting? Yes. I really love Jennifer Lawrence. Yes! Of course. Everybody loves Jennifer Lawrence. But there's also, there's an actress who was really big in the silent film era and back in, like, the early days of film named Myrna Loy. And I love her and I watch her films, like, when I'm sick because she's from Montana and so I call her my spirit guide because, yeah, if she could do it, then we all can. (laughs) That's awesome. How many uh, things have you been in as far as uh, shorts or movies now? Give or take. Around a dozen, maybe a couple more. But I'm filming actively filming one feature and then um we've done the trailer and we're gearing up for another feature it'll start a little more seriously once the weather gets better (laughs) nice i saw that you had a tv pilot what was that about? Yeah, um, that happened when I was still in Montana, actually. A guy in Missoula decided that he was going to film a sitcom based on his time working in a movie theater in Humboldt County. And so, yeah, I was brought in to play the part of a girl who had just graduated from college and was going in to kind of manage this movie theater with a bunch of bums. <laughs> it was really fun. We got to film in this really awesome Egyptian-themed theater in Hamilton, Montana, and I got to meet a bunch of really awesome people, but unfortunately, it didn't go anywhere. Pilots. 
pilots. Well, it's still cool. You can say, you know, yeah, I've been on a pilot. You know, yeah. Even if it didn't go anywhere, you've always got that to fall back on. And it's something that you can add to your resume, you know, saying, well, this it is. is something I've done. And I think in some ways it was like a really big encouragement to pursue things more seriously because it was the first thing that I kind of did outside of my college once I made the decision to start pursuing it. I'd done a couple of plays at that point and I had done a couple of student films, but it was the first time that somebody outside of that small circle cast me. And that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Like what made you want to come to Portland versus like LA or New York? I did a bunch of research before I graduated and is our best for film and a lot of things came up like Atlanta and Austin and Portland was on the list as one of the best cities for film and they were saying it was even better than Los Angeles because it was less saturated and I think it was intimidating to go to Los Angeles because you know that you're going to go there and every person you meet is going to be wanting to do the exact same thing it's eventually my plan is to go to LA but Right now, I'm really actually happy in Portland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were recently in LA, right? I wasn't there for any filming or anything. Oh. I went down there for vacation, oh. but it was amazing. I like, I beat my friends down there. Their flight came in later, so I just went to the Walk of Fame and walked around for like two hours. Yeah. It was so amazing. Jealous. <laughs> well, and one thing that I've heard through podcasts that I listen to, mm-hmm. you should pretty much stay where you're at. Until you're, you know that you're on top of your game because as soon as you go to LA you're back or New York or one of the major cities, yeah, you're back on the bottom. You're, you're going to be in a pool of people who all are as good or better than what you are. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people who aren't quite as good as you are also, but you're going to have a lot more competition for any given role, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where an area like this, Portland's really big for all kinds of, uh, Filming and stuff. You've got Grimm, Portlandia, quite a few major shows here. Um, movies are being filmed around here all the time. And it's just not as big of a talent pool, even though it's a kind of a big area for it. It's not as big as some of the other areas. So you can make it here where you might flounder somewhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a good area to get your foot in the door and really make sure that you're on top of it before you make that jump to LA or somewhere. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) So what's like, um, what is it called? Like an acting technique or, you know, when people are like, either they're... Oh, they're method actors. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's your thing? I don't know if I really identify with a specific technique. I do know that when I've studied, the one that's made the most sense to me has been Meisner. I don't know. I kind of believe that there's not one technique that will help you with every role because you need to do different things to get yourself into different mindsets to do different emotions and not one approach is going to work for every actor in every situation. Um, So I kind of just use whatever tool I need to get myself into the headspace that I need to be in for any given scene, I guess. (laughs) Like, what makes you cry? No, I mean, like, how do you get yourself to cry or just, like, those extreme emotions? If it's really emotional, sad-wise, take a couple minutes or however long it takes. Just step away and you have to just, you imagine yourself in the situation because you want it to be real. You don't want to be reaching for something or forcing anything to happen. But also just yourself to fall into where you need to be. 
Okay. I guess. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, like, I don't know, I always wondered, because I never really wanted to do acting. I mm-hmm. just felt like I would be too awkward or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, but still, like, it just seemed interesting just how people get in that mindset, you mm-hmm. know? And it's hard. I know some people, like, there are a couple of really famous actors who are notorious for this, but, you know, they'll become a character for the entirety of whatever they're filming. Like, Christian Bale was really notorious for that. On Batman, he would stay... Batman for the entire time they were filming and that's not a luxury that we're given in Portland because I played a drug dealer in the 48 hour film festival so I didn't have the luxury of walking around for 48 hours pretending that I was a (laughs) drug dealer in my daily life (laughs) certain roles you can get into that mindset and it's okay Mm -hmm. none of us at this point are to that point where this is our only profession so it's not like we can just stay in one mindset or stay totally focused on one thing because we've all got to go back to our normal daily lives and yeah. we don't have that luxury of saying, oh, I'm just staying on set until this is over, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think that Heath Ledger could have gone to his day job as the Joker and I don't think that would have been okay. <laughs> Did you see that video where I think he was at a premiere or something and then one of the staff saw him and freaked out and he was being interviewed by some lady and she like freaks out like ah! and then he goes hi and then goes up to her and kisses her on the mouth and then she faints i know i so haven't great. seen that i'm gonna watch it when i get home now though oh my god it's the best because it's like oh he's ledger i love you even more oh he's ledger r.i.p <laughs> what's been your favorite genre what would you like to actually get into the most comedy 100%. I don't feel like I'm very funny when I speak in my regular life, but I think it's my strong point in acting, and it's definitely what I want to do. All of my favorite TV shows are comedies, and all of my favorite movies are comedies in some way. So, What are some of your favorite movies? I've been thinking about this because it's a very difficult question. I just said that all my favorite movies are comedies, and the first thing that popped into my head was The Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so that that doesn't line up but i love the princess bride oh yeah yeah never you gets old <laughs> have things outside of uh, just your favorite genre you know no I've... lord of the rings is such a comedy oh my god that gimli oh my god <laughs> is he in the room what just happened soldiers soldiers <laughs> You have to do the rest of this interview in that voice. No. I refuse to go on if you don't. <laughs> That's your new gimmick. So you know. Or that's the whole thing where it's like, you have my bow and my axe or whatever. What's the whole thing? You, you're looking at the wrong person I mean, what's for that. the whole thing? What's the whole thing? You two know it, right? Yes. No, okay. <laughs> I do know it, but... It's actually not one of my favorite movies. How I really, could you? I really enjoyed the books. books. The movies books. are... Books. I don't really read I love. I love the books. I love Tolkien, but the movies are my favorite. <laughs> I'm going to have to revisit them. To me... They were just way, way too long. <laughs> and I think when I saw them, I wasn't in the space for something... That long? That oh, long. Oh, see, I and watched was, them. <laughs> and they're long, 
uh, books and stuff. So it's not that it's surprising, but it sometimes I think that kind of stuff can go a little too long, and it's like unless you're really into it, it's like okay, come on, yeah, things along. Um, when I was in college, every every semester, so twice a year before finals. We would all go to my friend's house, the same friend who directed Zombie the Musical, funny enough. Um, and a bunch of us would just get together and we would bring a bunch of junk food and stuff and sit in her basement and watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies, all of the extended Lord of the Rings oh movies yes. in order. Yes, I need to yeah. do that. Seriously. It was, oh my God, we, we, we can do it in my house. Yeah. We'll just have it all. It's, oh it's wonderful. It's relaxing. I've oh. seen those movies. I would say a shameful amount of times, but I'm not ashamed of it. So, you know, it is what it is. I haven't seen them in forever. I own them now on Blu-ray, but like, uh, I just need to watch them. I mean, treat yourself. Yeah, (laughs) treat yourself. Oh my God, Parks and Rec is the best. I love Parks and Rec. Oh my God. Love it all. It's my comfort food now. Oh yeah, who are you in the show? Who would you think you... I was telling my friend Justin... I think I'm uh, half Andy, half April. And he's like, nope, you're Ben. I'm like, what? And he's like, no, I'm Andy and April. And I'm like, no. We had this weird argument on Facebook and where he like tagged me in a picture of Ben. And he's like, oh, it's Stephanie. And then, yeah. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I think that I'm probably a weird combination of Leslie and Anne. Anne. Yeah. <laughs> and I do love Anne. Oh, my God. She's the best. Yeah. Seriously. And Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <Leslie, no. laughs> <Or> no. <laughs> Andy Dwyer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Do you I not know. watch Parks and Rec, Mitch? No. You're just killing me here. Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, there's, we need to, no. there's certain comedies that I really like, and then some of them are just outside of what I can do. Mm-hmm. You know? Have you even given Parks and Rec a chance? Yes, I have. <laughs> I have watched it at points, and it's just not my thing, you know. Watch it more. Make it your friend. I mean, it's all on Netflix. just takes a couple of afternoons of dedication and pizza, and you've got it. And There's not enough tequila in this house for that. <laughs> have you seen then go get more tequila. I mean, <laughs> that seems like the obvious solution. Have you seen the bloopers? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My favorites are the Chris Pratt oh, outtakes. God. Yes where he farts and stuff lots of poop jokes oh my god where he's like i wipe and i wipe and i wipe and i wipe and i keep wiping it's like a marker it's like i'm wiping a marker it's so good good. yeah so other favorite movies i like i said i love the princess bride a lot i just read oh i can't now i can't think of his name but the guy who played wesley wrote a book that's all about his time Carrie, Carrie, you, Elway, Elwes, whatever. Um, yeah, he came to Portland or something. Yeah, something. yeah. I um, I saw him on a morning talk show, and it was uh, like a Saturday, and I was eating cereal, and I have never gotten dressed and out of the house so fast because I went to Powell's hoping that he would be there, oh. and I missed him. I was so sad. Oh. But yeah, it was a good book, and I love the movie. I can probably quote every single line in it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm blanking on all of them right now. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like the the dude, the balding dude who's like <laughs> what can I say dude? The Sicilian. Uh no, the guy with the 
the poisonous wine or whatever. Yeah, the Sicilian. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. everything. I've only seen, I've seen it, but I haven't seen it like you have, I guess. I don't know. I've seen it very many times. I love it. And I also love this movie. Um, I said all my favorite movies are comedies. I think I lied. My favorite TV shows are comedies. I, I love a lot all sorts of movies, but there's this one that I really love called August Rush. Yes! Yes! Right? You've seen it? Oh my gosh! So many people haven't heard of it, and it's such a great underrated movie. Yes. Robin Williams is in it, and he's fantastic. And And, um, Freddie Highmore is so cool. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, gosh. it just makes me cry. I have to go home and watch it. Yeah, that movie makes me cry every time I watch it. It gives me goosebumps oh for like, god, like yes. the first moment. I yeah. have the soundtrack on my iPod and I'll listen to nice. it at work. I used to listen to it all the time. It's beautiful. And, like, the dad, yeah. I forget his name right now. I'm the sorry. actor, Jonathan Rees Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's great. Yeah. Oh my god. So Irish and wonderful. <laughs> I know. And like. And he can sing. Like. Oh my god. Dang. I, I had all those songs too. I don't know what happened to them. All the songs he sings in the movie. I had all those. I love them. I love the music in it because it blends like rock and roll with the classical. Yeah. It's beautiful. Have you seen that, Mitch? Mm-mm. Watch it. We're, it's good. I keep losing you. Mitch, what movies do you like? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of my favorite movies are actually the 80s action movies that... The Karate Kid? Mm. Well, of course, but... You've got like Fight Club. Is that eighties or is that the nineties? Okay, I actually, lied. that's one of them that I've got to put on the list. I've seen like maybe half of that, or we not shouldn't, even half. I don't think we shouldn't be talking about Fight Club. Yeah, you <laughs> talk about Fight Club. I mean, like Lethal Weapon, Die Hard is probably, if not my favorite movie, it's probably in the top five all-time movies. I mean. A lot of them like that, but then you've also got the old stuff like Casablanca. That's in Ooh. the top ten easy. I do, I do love old old movies. I love Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, cat. Cat. <laughs> if I ever get a cat, the cat's name is going to be Cat. Yeah. <laughs> and only people who understand will be allowed to pet it. <laughs> <laughs> cat was in the ring. It was sad. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in forever, but I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It makes I me happy. <laughs> remember it, but I don't remember it. And uh, have you seen uh, Silver Linings Playbook? Oh, of course. It's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I just watched it again recently, and I'm like, oh, I love this movie. I, I intentionally go and see everything that Jennifer Lawrence is in, yeah. because I just adore her. She's going to be in this new movie. What is it called? Joy. Yes. Yeah, that comes out on Christmas. Is that David O. Russell again? I think so. Okay. I mean, it's her and Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro, so. Again? Yeah. I miss that Robert De Niro's in it. Okay. Yeah gotta see it then but he wasn't in american hustle was he de niro um so. i don't no, remember wait. i think well, he had a small oh, yeah, part yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it was the same was it was the same cast guy, right? yeah yeah okay he was in there momentarily i really liked that too a lot of people didn't yeah. like american hustle i, I thought it. it was great it, it was hard for me to follow i'll admit it i don't know <laughs> yeah a little bit but then it worked out i guess yeah i enjoyed it good funny movie Kind of. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> a little Amy weird. Adams, pretty crazy. I love Amy Adams. Yeah. She's another great. She's in uh, Enchanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my, I'm glad that she kind of, people take her seriously now. It would have been hard because that was kind of her breakout role. Yeah. So. Her first role that I still need to see is Junebug, I guess, with Ben McKenzie. I never Getting saw off. that. I don't watch that show, but he's in it. I don't watch it either, and I've never seen that, so (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. 
How can you not watch Gotham? I haven't seen Gotham. I don't. Netflix. I don't watch a lot of drama TV shows. Um, I like The Walking Dead, and I like Game of Thrones. But other than that, everything I watch, for real, I'm not lying this time, is comedy. Like, I watch Big Bang Theory and Modern Family. Love Big Bang Theory. Yeah. It's the best. I tried the first season, and then Sheldon annoyed me. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's the point of Sheldon. I know. Sheldon is my spirit animal. I really believe that he is like... (sighs) He is me. <laughs> I did get really disappointed, though, because in, like, the last season or the season before, Penny gave up. Like, I loved Penny because she wanted to be an actress, and it was so... I, I liked that there was a TV show about it, and then she gave up, and it was very sad. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to see where they go with it. That should actually be starting up again pretty soon if it's not started already. It already started up. Did it? Yeah. They they haven't had a new episode in a couple of weeks for whatever reason. Um, but I think there was a new one on Monday night. Nice. Or no, Thursday. It's on, on Thursdays now. Yeah, that's... It changed. We've been really busy this year, so we haven't had a chance to watch the uh, new season yet, but it'll be interesting to see where they take it because they're really going into a lot of character... Changes with uh, Sheldon and... Sheldon and Amy? Oh, yeah, I heard about pretty that. Pretty much all of the cast are trying to actually change them around a little bit. So it'll be interesting if they put Penny back into acting. It, it seems be- like an obvious spot, but maybe she'll end up with something big, or maybe they'll send her in a different direction and mm-hmm. actually have her succeed somewhere else. Or would you, you say know? Sheldon's kind of like Dexter, because he, like gradually becomes more I don't want to say the wrong word not normal but like more social social. yeah yeah Sheldon's like Dexter minus the killing people part I mean that we know of that could be like the twist at the end of the series but (laughs) I'm not seeing it I'm not seeing it going in that direction yeah Sheldon (laughs) is Dexter (laughs) oh my god did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother oh yes that was my that's yeah, that's probably one of my favorite TV shows of all time, actually. Then another actor, the Zach Braff, was uh, Garden State. He... Tell me more. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. It's like the heat of the car. Tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> Did it get very far? If you search the deep recesses of the internet, I did a. Um, I did a flash mob with a bunch of my theater friends in college to that song. We nice. sang it at a midnight breakfast in our college's cafeteria. Oh my god, that sounds so awesome. It was glorious. Sorry, sidetrack. That was good. Um, I think that video probably will get <laughs> watched a lot now. I hope so. It was quite wonderful. Garden State. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Zach Braff. He's an actor. He wrote and directed and acted in Garden State, and it was like an homage to his hometown in New Jersey, and it was really good. It's one of my favorite movies. Is it funny? It's it's a dramedy, I guess. I mean, okay. Natalie Portman's in it as well. Ooh. And I love Natalie Peter Portman. Sargard, oh, wow. Right? How have I not seen this? And uh, Ian Holm. <sighs> and... Uh, 
other people. Oh, <laughs> Sheldon's in it randomly. That dude, Jim Parsons, he mm-hmm. plays a knight from uh, medieval times. So um, yeah, <laughs> Jim Parsons plays a plays a knight randomly who was a knight of a uh, medieval times. It's where they like perform. You like go to there for dinner. Oh, okay. So it's like a stadium thing, and then they have like a mock like. What is it called? Uh, I'm so like a jousting out. match. Yes, a jousting match. I need to. I think a sword go eat there. Thing. I don't. Know, how did I go to Los Angeles and not eat there? Right. I don't understand. I've seen that in a couple of movies, and I didn't realize that was actually a place. Yeah. I thought it was just something that they had made up and nope. for the movie. But now I'm gonna have to gonna have to check that out if I'm ever down there. Yeah. But yeah, Jim Parsons. He was a knight. Yay, Jim Parsons. And, uh, oh, who else is that uh, lady from that show? Uh, oh, that's so sus- <laughs> so specific. The designing women, this lady. I've never Amy, watched that, actually. Not Amy Smart. She's someone else. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't have the name of all these people. But it's a really good movie. And uh, it's like about this guy who's trying to be an actor in L.A. and works at a restaurant, an Indian restaurant, <laughs> randomly. And I remember, like, the people... Some customers are like, do we get any, like, free things? Like, at Mexican restaurants, you get, like, chips. Do we get, like, free naan? And he's like, no, you don't get anything free. That's, like, a random part. But that's not even the best part. It's just a random part. But he goes back to his hometown because his mother passes away and meets Natalie Portman. And she's, like, a pathological liar. And it's just it's really good. It's, like, a coming-of-age story in a way, even though he's, like, in his 20s. It's, like... Okay. Figures out who he is, and yeah. I'll have to watch it. Add it to the list. That's actually part of why we're doing the podcast is because there's so many movies that I haven't seen and that she hasn't seen that are like the ones that you should have seen already. Well, both of you need to watch Fight Club. I know. I know that. <laughs> That's actually on the list. Uh, I think it's been mentioned by um, Lion. Casey, uh, I'm pretty sure Brandon mentioned it at some point. I mean, it's a classic. I don't even like it that much, but I'm like, yeah, you need to see it. (laughs) Yeah, there's certain movies that we haven't seen that we should have, and so... You don't know the ending, do you? Duh. That's what sucks about classics, is they can't keep, they can't remain secret. Unusual Suspects, I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen Unusual Suspects. Do you know about anything about it? No, shh. Keep something well, spoiler I free. Either I don't like spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the 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 internet ruined television that, and oh, movies. Yeah. That whole thing right there is you're both talking about the same movie. Neither one of you has seen it. You're both <laughs> telling each other not to spoil it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the internet like you just said, the internet ruins everything. You can't. I love the '90s. They ruined Spike Club for me. Oh. Countdown, whatever random thing. It started with I Love the 80s on VH1. Mm-hmm. They, they did I Love the 90s, yeah. Well, my thing is I listened to a movie podcast called The Movie Crypt. Mm-hmm. And they talk about a lot of different movies just randomly while they're talking. And there's so many spoilers that get kicked out. Not because they're trying to spoil it, because but because it's a... 30-year-old movie or whatever that you probably should have seen at this point. Andy Samberg is another person I admire greatly. He's hilarious. I love... Oh, what's the show he's in right now? 
Brooklyn Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. I kept wanting to say Reno Nine One One, but that's that's incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the first episode. I need to watch. It it's all. funny. It's good. It's good. Oh, Natalie Portman. Oh, oh. The, with the Lonely Island, like the SNL short with Natalie Portman. Which one? Which one was she in? In SNL, like yeah. um, when she like it was like after V for Vendetta because her head was like shaved. So oh yeah, she was like rapping. You know? Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I love that. I love Natalie Portman. I don't like that movie, unfortunately. I didn't get into it either. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone loves it, and they're all going to hate me. All of my friends love it, and I'm just like, mm, this is... I liked it the first time I saw it, and then every time I watch it, I liked it a little less, and now, like, it actually makes me angry. <laughs> That's actually one that I've tried to watch a couple of times, and I need to sit down and really No, you focus. don't. Well... No. Mm-hmm. It's one... It's kind of like Fight Club to me. It's one of them that I feel like I need to... But Fight Club is a good movie. I mean, that's the difference. But it depends on who you talk to as to whether V for Vendetta is a good movie because Casey loves that movie. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can give your opinion. Everyone's going to have a different view of the movies. And good, bad, or indifferent, there's just some that I feel like I should have seen. And that's one of them that's on the list to actually sit down and watch at some point. Just so at least I know what it's about. And if I like it, great. If I don't, great. You know, Mm -hmm. no harm, no foul. But at least I've seen it that way, you Mm -hmm. know. Who are some of your favorite actors and actresses? Ooh. Well, I said Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yes. And I love Amy Schumer. And I love Lena Dunham. I love girls. I love girls. It's so weird and, like, awkward, but it's It's great. It's so great. Um, And I like... I like so many people. I love Audrey Hepburn. Mm -hmm. She's, like... Mm -hmm. She's my icon. I adore her. I'm trying to think of guys because I'm just listing women. But there's so many amazing actresses. Can't help it. Well, and I think anyone's going to tend to do that. You kind of tend to lean more towards uh, what gender you are. The people you, you can are. look at, yeah. I, I love, know. I like Bradley Cooper. Yes, oh my mm-hmm. God, he's so hot too. Please. Yes, he is. And I like um um Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh my god, I love him I, so much. Did too. you see? Did you see? No, I need to see it. Oh my I, gosh, I need to see it. No, it's called The Walk. Man on a Wires. Yes, no, it's so good. Oh, and I heard, he's like, like people vomit or something because it's so crazy. Yeah, it. Well, there was only a couple parts that really freaked me out, but it's really good, and the ending is really beautiful because you kind of wonder through the whole thing whether they're going to address. 9-11 because just of the subject matter and they do it like really beautifully at the very end of the film with something he says and it's gorgeous oh. and it's sad and I loved it. I love him so much. Yeah. Like, and he does this, he, he uh, plays an amazing guy like uh, it was wonderful. Like 500 Days of Summer? Have you seen that? Oh yeah. Oh, my God. That's the movie that made me love um, Zoe oh, Deschanel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Her eyes are so pretty. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Brick? Mm-mm. Justin Gordon. Oh, I'll have to watch it. It's like a film I seriously love him. It's, like, it's really like weird and good. Cool. Like, it's Lucas called Haas is in it. Brick. Brick. Okay. Oh, and like I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. It's like an earlier one, sort of ish. I don't know. I'll add that to my list. He got married and he has a kid now. I think he has a kid. He got a baby. <laughs> yeah, he has a baby. Child. Child. Children. I'm like always married. Dang 
Um, <laughs> That's how I reacted when I found out that Benedict Cumberbatch was engaged. <laughs> it literally broke my heart. <laughs> That's another actor I admire greatly, both for his talent and because I had a huge crush on him for so long. I still need to finish Sherlock. I'm, well, I'm only on season one, or series one, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, it's I just know. kind of dedicated. Long, yeah, like, they're very long. To, like, yeah, be focused. And the second, the second episode of season one isn't very good. Oh, yeah, that's the one that kind of, yeah. Yeah. The third the- episode is really great, though. Okay. And then the entire second season is amazing. They're doing some more stuff, I think. In the second season? Well, yes, no, they are no, doing I mean, more things. No. <laughs> they're doing, That's like, weird. Why would they do that? No, like, I don't know if they're doing a movie or they're doing something. So they're doing a Christmas special that I think is coming out this year, but they go a really long time between seasons. Like, between the second and third season was, like, three years. Oh. And I think between the third and fourth season is going to be another three years. Right. Because Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman are, like, huge. Yeah. Like, they're so famous now. You can't can't get a hold of them yeah and then bill murray's gonna have a christmas special on netflix <sighs> makes me so something. happy and like it's gonna be great i love bill murray no seriously have you seen have you seen zombie land yes oh my God, five people good. left alive in the entire world and one of them is bill effin murray <laughs> no i like that movie actually and then there's the unfortunate uh um, spin-off, uh, Stripperland. What? That was really bad. What? And it was filmed here that. in Portland. Really? Actually, right in Wilsonville. There was I mean, a- what are two <laughs> things? <laughs> I thought the one that was filmed at your work? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What are two things that Portland does well? Zombies and strippers. Pretty yeah, much, that's, to- that's what they were going off, that's the whole movie right there. Oh, God. I used it to- was bad. Whoop, whoop. I mean, that's the movie that inspired me to move to Portland. I don't know what you're talking about. Hashtag sarcasm. It's on your shirt. Let's torque. Okay. It's from a podcast I listen to. It's a D and D podcast. Oh, okay. And well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um. And torque is a half orc that is on character that's on the show, and he's like my favorite character off of that podcast. It's called Critical Hit. Okay. Really cool. Actually, that's a very subtle reference. Most of my shirts, you can pretty much immediately tell who it's supposed to be, but we're all this one is. (laughs) I know. Let's be honest. Society has let us open up and be nerds, and we're proud. It wasn't cool when I was in high school. That would have saved me so much problems. No. I think it would have saved us all a lot of problems. Because yeah. you're looking mm-hmm. at, like, hey, the nerd crew here. Hey! Yeah. I mean, yeah. Moved here from California. Like, California, Halloween. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, high school. Like, yay. Everyone dressed up. They even had contests and, like, mm-hmm. little events around it. And then moved here. Or went to, like, Tualatin. And I was, like, one of five of the whole school, it felt like, that dressed up for Halloween. I was, like, really? Nobody dressed up in really? school. I always did. I actually loved moving to Portland because people get schooled into Halloween. Oh, no, yeah. I love it. No, I mean, that's... that's our that's, favorite holiday, that's, pretty much all three here. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, Portland's awesome. It was just... The high school was so, like, weird and, like... Mm-hmm. Like, also, in California, the, the drama people, they were popular. They were cool kids. Move here. <laughs> <In> California. 
I guess. Well, yeah, it's California. Oh, I mean... But it was, like, the Bay Area. But I moved here, and, of course, the thespians are weird, and they're like, Ew, you're weird. And... <laughs> no. What kind of advice would you give someone who's starting out in acting? When you make the decision to do it, do it. Like, you can't be hesitant about it. You can't... It, it can't be something that you just kind of want to do. If if you think that it's where your calling lies, you have to you have to dedicate yourself to it. And that doesn't mean, like, not having a day job or whatever, because, I mean, you have to survive. But it means, like, that becomes your first priority, basically, if you want to be successful. That's actually pretty good advice, because some people kind of dabble in... It doesn't matter what area you're in, whether it's a hobby or whatever, if you're not willing to dedicate yourself to whatever it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. then it's never going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. You have, And you have to be bold about it. Um, another thing I would say is don't be afraid to tell people that it's what you want to do, too. Um, for a long time, when I first started pursuing it, I was really hesitant to tell people that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, when people would ask me what I was going to do after graduation, I would always say, you know, something in my career field. And then slowly I started saying, you know, I think I might want to try acting. And then finally, in the past few months, I've become more comfortable. When people ask me what I do, I say, I'm an actor. And some people dismiss it. You know, they think you're a flake or they think you're stupid. But a lot of people, one, they think it's really cool. And then two, you never know who you're going to talk to. So if you're in an airport and somebody asks you what you do and you say, I'm an actor, you never know if they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm a writer for X, Y, and Z. So it's great. Be bold. That's important. Even if other aspects of you aren't bold or if you're shy or whatever, you have, if you want to be successful in something like this, you have to be bold about that and own it and know that it makes you special. Yay. That's good advice, actually. Definitely. I like yeah. that. I'm going to get down off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing wrong with getting up on a soapbox because it shows what you actually care about, you know. Mm-hmm. It shows that you're you're passionate about what you're doing and what you're talking about, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't mind soapboxes. I get up on mine all the time. What are the new projects you have going on? You said you had two uh, feature-length films? One that's actively filming right now it's a horror film it's called dead lake and i've been working on that for a while now i mean everybody has day jobs in this area so we've mostly been filming it was more so in the summer but you know in the afternoons and then weekends and that is um it's actually filming up in vancouver and it's through a company called marble mountain films they're really good it's a really awesome team of people that i get to work with and I think it's going to be good. I can't say too much about the plot. They kind of want to keep it at least a little secret. But it is a horror movie. And it takes place in Ridgefield, Washington. And it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. The trailer should hopefully be coming out soon-ish. Fingers crossed. Is this something that's going to have a theatrical release? Or something more local? Or I th- do you know yet? I think they're hoping for theatrical releases. I know that one of the crew members has connections with a distribution company but i'm sure it's all going to depend on how everything turns out so i think at the very least there will be local releases 
but cool. you always want to hope for the best, well, though. Yeah. <laughs> when you find out about that or whenever it's getting ready to be released, let us know and we'll have you back on the podcast. That way you can... Yeah, totally. And um, I'll bring... I mean, you should have the director and everybody on here. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of a remake of something or is that an original script? It's an original script. Okay. There was another movie I remember seeing... I don't know, 20 years ago or so. That it was, was called Dead Lake. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so hard. It's it. so hard to have original titles anymore. Everything's been, almost everything's been used. Like, you have to delve pretty deep to find something super unique. What's your other one that you have going on? Um, So that one's called The Gorge. And it's in pretty early stages of pre-production. It's also filming up in Vancouver um, with a company called Star Eyes Entertainment. And I'm actually going to be the lead in that one. So, nice. yeah, it's the lead role in a feature film, which is super exciting. Yeah. And we've shot the trailer or we shot a little bit for the teaser. I know I have to go in and do some ADR for it and hopefully that'll come out. And then I think there it's going to be more seriously filmed uh, starting when the weather warms up because we're going to be doing a lot of it out in the gorge. And I'm excited for that. I have to, uh, I have to be a girl who's like, she's supposed to be a super athlete. So I kind of need to start like training. So I look like a super athlete, but <laughs> I think it'll be fun. Are they going to supply you with a trainer or is that pretty much going to be on you? Probably going to be on me. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I figured. You know, that's one of the things that's really nice when you get into the big budget stuff is that's how all the famous people do it yeah. everyone's like i don't know how they lost so much weight for that film yeah it's because they had a personal trainer and nutritionist mm-hmm. and all these other things and because somebody was paying them 30 million dollars to lose the weight like yeah. right they pay them to take martial arts classes or mm-hmm. they um i mean do you think that anne hathaway would have done nothing but eat kale for a year if they weren't like you're going to get $30 million in an Oscar for this role. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and there's a different level there, but, you know, I wasn't sure if they were going to actually try and help with that or if that was going to be pretty much good luck. Yeah, it's dedication, <laughs> dedication on my part. So <laughs> we'll see. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to make sure to stick to it. And... Yeah, but I love food, so. <laughs> uh, don't we all? <laughs> yes. I have a short film that, is going to be filming in December that I also have to be in better shape for. But that's more, that's not so much because of the character so much as what my comfort level is for what I have to be filming. I want to be in better shape for it. So that's yeah. good. Well, if you start getting in shape for the other one, then that'll pretty much tie in. Yeah. Or is there anything else going on? Um, I am in a series, in a web series right now. We've done two episodes so far. Well, two sets of episodes. Uh, they, it's called Happily Ever After. The concept is marriage counseling for historical couples. So we have Julius Caesar and Cleopatra, and that's adorable. And we have Adam and Eve. We have Mary and Joseph, and then we have Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I play Mary Magdalene. So the first round of episodes, so each a little over two minutes, between two and three minutes each, and each couple has their own episode. So we've released the first four each couple and then we film the second four and so those should start coming out shortly and then we're getting ready to shoot the third set in like two weekends and they're i think they're pretty good they're cute 
they make me laugh when I read the scripts. And we did a big premiere party about uh, a month ago, maybe a little bit more now, when the when they were finally done with the first set of episodes, and people reacted positively. I think I think they're good. That's very exciting. Yeah, sounds like you're doing a lot of stuff right now. I I've been very lucky. <laughs> So if someone wants to get a hold of you or check out what you've done, do you have a website or anywhere that they can go take a look at? Yeah, I actually have a website. It is danashay.com. So yeah, just my name.com. Wow, that's easy. I mean, it, you're lucky that you just... I was lucky yeah. that I got it. I was I was surprised, but it worked. I'm also the only Danashay on IMDb, which is hard because there are like tons and tons of people on IMDb. Although I think there was another one on there at one point because I have this credit listed under my name for this movie in 2011. It has me listed as the animal handler and I've tried to get them to take it down like six times and they won't. So I saw that and was just going to ask you about it. and then Yeah, if there, think, if, if there is a, another Danishé out there who really was the animal handler on the movie talker in 2011 i apologize i'm not trying trying to steal your glory please forgive me and blame imdb well or just contact imdb and have them switch it over so you get your own yeah credit so yeah they won't delete it i've tried so hard i'm like i'm really trying to not take credit for this other person's work can you please take this down nope thank you for coming on dana let us know when you have something coming out, and we'll be sure to get you back on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I love yeah, it. it was fun talking about movies and TV shows, and yeah, cool. And all that stuff. Yeah, Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Such a comedy. Oh my god. Ha 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 ha. Oh man, let's talk about films. This week, Mitch and I watched... In a world. In a world. In a world. It was directed by, written by, and starring Blake Bell. She's trying to become a voice actor like her father, who does a lot of movie trailers. And he's always kept her at a uh, arm's length from the industry because he has a very sexist point of view of who can do uh, voice acting as far as trailers for movies goes and he makes the claim that it's a male industry and that she just won't have a shot at any trailers and so that's pretty much the breakdown of what the movie is about. She ends up landing a role for a... Quadrilogy. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of the word. For a quadrilogy of... Uh, kind of a parody for the Hunger Games. It's called, what, the Amazon Games? Yeah, the Amazon Games or Amazon, yeah, something like that. And... When he finds out that she landed the, she landed that job, he really pushes to get 
uh, the job instead of her. And so it creates that strife for the whole movie of her trying to get into the industry and uh, land those particular jobs. And land that guy in the in his trophy room. No, uh, his relics in his relic room. There's a protege involved in it, and um, so you've got all of them trying to get the same role, and she's wanting to change the landscape, so to speak, and get women voice actors in roles as the announcers for major movies. So, Of course, it involves Lake Bell's character's sister. Um, I mean, Carol's sister... Danny and how they bond and how um, the sister code happens. <laughs> sister code. Sister code. Yeah, they never go into detail on the sister, <laughs> code, but it's the sister code. And like, you know, it's, it talks about Danny and her husband's relationship and. The husband was Rob Cordry. Uh, Danny was Michaela Watkins. And the protege of the dad was Gustav, played by Ken Marino. And we got uh, Fred Melamed. And, of course, Dimitri Martin. <laughs> he's awesome. He plays Lewis, and he's uh, really good friends with Carol and She's really supportive of her dream and thinks she has a lot of talent. Well, and he's also the love interest. Ooh la la. They're so cute. They were. They were, like, so cute. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be, like, cutesy and stuff, but it worked. And, you know, and he was all awkward, and I was just like, that's the male version of me. I was, like, so appreciative that they had some character like that because it's, like, that's the real world, yo. You know, people aren't going to... It's not Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks (laughs) or something, you know. It's, like, people are awkward. It happens, and duh. Yeah, there's imperfections in the real world that they don't show in some of the movies, even though... And I'm a huge fan of, what's the other one? Not the Empire State Building, but the book one. Oh, no, You've Got Mail? You like that movie? I'm a huge fan of You've Got Mail. Why? I like that movie. There's an unrealistic view because everything just works out peachy, even though they're enemies and they're... uh, the language is never faltering and there never seems to be that really uncomfortableness that would happen, you know? It just, uh, everything's a little too perfect, but then it's a movie. So it was kind of interesting to see there was pretty much no comfortable scene in in a world at mm-hmm. all. Everything was a little off-kilter and a little bit uncomfortable and it made it work. And it was a funny movie. That helped. I loved it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that guy that Danny was, like, being flirted with, uh, Terry. 
in the trailer voiceover, he was uh, the film's BAFTA-winning director, Terrence Pouncer. So, haha. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a really nice addition. So we got um, Terrence Pouncer, played by Jason O'Mara, comes into Danny's life. He's like, "Oh, you're not wearing a wedding ring, eh?" I can't do an Irish accent right now, but it was glorious. Tape recorder. I thought that was interesting. I mean, I've never looked into techniques for voice actors, but that's a really good one. It's a really good idea to have a tape recorder around just to pick up on people's dialects and just their how they enunciate words and their inflections and kind of like characterize different people. It was pretty cool. Just like there, there was the, what was it? She was in the laundromat and she was like, oh, this guy sounds interesting with his accent. Like, I don't know. It seemed like an island, Pacific Islander. I don't know what you call it. Um, but then these teeny boppers come in there and she's like, what? This could be, uh, she even had tried to record them because she's like, okay, well that's an interesting speech pattern as well and then they all were talking at the same time so she couldn't get a solid read off of anyone or recording off of anyone yeah do you know where I could get a good smoothie (laughs) oh my god and that actually led into one of my favorite lines in the movie when the girl is talking with the high-pitched voice and they were talking with kind of a valley girl kind of thing going on and Carol bumps into her and she said oh that's so rude but she says it in her valley girl way of speaking very high pitched that kind of thing and Carol stops and said I'm not a vocal coach anymore but I would make an exception for you because you sound like a squeaky toy I don't mean that in a bad way and I just really liked the way she said that and just how absolutely offensive it would be to most people but in her case being a vocal coach it's not necessarily a bad thing she's saying okay I want to help you out but it was just probably one of the most unexpected and um, random things I've heard in a long time in a movie and I really liked that line yeah Okay. Um, oh, I like that. Uh, oh, his name. Um, I like that Nick Offerman was in there randomly. It was like, you know, he's the comedian, and uh, he was the one that was like a producer, I believe. Like he helped Lewis out with Share there, and um, he kind of like was trying to help Lewis to woo Carol in a way. I mean, Share was too, but I don't know. That's pretty cool. I thought the movie was very interesting because I've been... I've been listening to a couple of different podcasts about voice acting. And I find it interesting to kind of see a movie about the same uh, subject. And to kind of watch and go back between what I know from the podcast and... Um, what they're showing on 
the movie, which I realize is not going to um, be exact, but it was kind of fun to watch and see how close they were coming in the movie to what I've heard about the actual world of uh, voice acting. So I, I thought that was kind of fun. Um, the sister Danny and her husband Mo, that they were both kind of frustrated in their relationship with each other. Uh, they argued a lot. And there was potential for each of them to cheat and uh, do things like that that they weren't supposed to be doing. And so that was a constant tension through the whole movie. You have this interesting field of what um, the main part of the movie is about. And then you also have this relationship tension that is um, kind of putting you on edge too. Because you're watching this and you're watching a relationship start to self-destruct. You kind of see it coming, but you don't know... How it's going to happen. And then Carol's stuck in the middle of it. Kind of not by choice. But then by choice. Because she had nowhere else to stay. Well and she also stepped up. And. um, Helped them out. And. Kind of showed them what they were. Showed them what they meant to each other. With a sandwich bar. With a sandwich bar. Yes. There was that whole tension through the thing, and while to me it was, it seemed a little unnecessary, it definitely added an interesting, uh, an interesting direction to the whole thing, and you see more of the real world in this environment than what you see in a lot of movies. A lot of times they won't touch on the things that are falling apart, where, you know, that's reality. Well, you did have uh, Eva Longoria in there. The, what do you think, you slapper? <laughs> it was just so random. It was like, let's just have Eva Longoria in here, you know. Yeah, it was no point for her to actually be in it other mm. than... To show her talent, to show Carol's talent as a voice coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, trying to help. You yeah, know. exactly. And that was uh, interesting that they went that route and just pulled someone really famous in and said, okay, well, here you go, you know, or even more famous than, I don't know, is Lake Bell actually fairly famous? That's the first time I've heard of her. She's semi-famous. I mean, she was in a TV show on NBC called Surface, but I think it only lasted a season and then something on HBO, but yeah, not not so much. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, just... I was trying to think if she was actually had been in something other than. Oh, she's f- from uh, this this TV show called Children's Hospital, and um, Rob Corddry's in it, and so is um, Ken Marino. They're both in it, and it's like a parody off of like doctors and stuff. But but it's at like a children's hospital, I believe. Well, duh, and uh, it's really oddball comedy. But it's interesting. I've seen a couple episodes. I know it's on Netflix, so. I would say check that out. You know, it's really random. 
Um, Lake Bell was really interesting in this. I thought she did a really good job. One thing I was kind of wondering about actually is when she went into the announcer voice, I was kind of curious if that was actually her doing that voice or if they um, had a voice actor come in and actually do that part of it. I think it was really her. I think so. It sounded a lot like her, but I thought that was interesting, you know. Overall, I think a big part of the movie is um, Carol kind of growing up a little bit, moving out of her dad's house, stepping out from under his shadow, and actually stepping out into the real world and attempting to make it on her own. Because she's definitely not getting her dad's support through this whole thing. And she has this character arc of her... She has this character arc of her kind of growing up and learning what it is to do your own thing. And at the same time, she gets to be right smack dab in the middle of other people's marital problems all the way around. And then, of course, her dad is dating a 20-year-old or... 30. 20-year-old. <laughs> then he lied. No, that was the whole joke going... No, oh, I know. ...the whole thing. Yeah, that was, a. Uh... That was an interesting arc, and of course the daughters both really resented his girlfriend because, uh, I think a lot just because of her age, but also she had... She smelled like lifesavers. Yeah, she's basically still a kid, and he's an adult and should not be in that situation, they thought, you know? Mm. But then she also had a bit of a character arc because towards the end of the movie when she needed to grow up some and say, hold on, no, you need to be acting like an adult, she's the one that did that, you know. So I thought that was cool that they let her grow a little bit at the by the end of the movie too, you know. I think everyone pretty much grew in the movie. No one mm, Not Gustav. <laughs> Gustav, no. Nope. Yeah, Gustav stayed pretty much the same. He was unaffected by the whole event. But other than Gustav, I think pretty much everyone else had something that they uh, got to learn or grow in some way or whatever. Yeah, so the fact, you know, I mean, it definitely hit a lot on feminism and women's rights in a way, you know, like that women are so capable of what men can do. This is a mainly a male-dominated area with the um, trailers and everything. Yeah. And women trying to get into that field where women are not normally a big part of the voice trailer area. You had Don LaFontaine who was the... Um, in a world. He's the one that did all of it for so long and unless you sounded like that they really didn't look at um, women for that role unless it was for comedies or children's movies or something like that you didn't get the 
serious big budget movies that were being done by yeah i mean the whole fact that a woman directed and wrote and starred in her own movie it's a big shout out to feminism well, and I think that is getting to be a little bit less of a unique situation. I think there are a lot of uh, female directors out there. Oh, yeah. But it is interesting when you have a movie that is written, directed, and uh, starring a female actress. And... Uh, it's good to see. I think there really is still too much male dominance in a lot of different fields, and there's no point to that. Women can do pretty much any job that a man can do, sometimes better. Actually, I'd say men and women can do most things equally as good. So there are going to be things that... Um, women are better at than men or a given woman is going to be better at than a given man or a given man is going to be better at than a given woman but overall I think both genders can do almost any job out there or any craft out there equally as well you know you're going to have people who shine more than other people, but I don't understand the gender bias that still exists in a lot of um, a lot of areas, because it doesn't really need to be there if you start cutting out one gender or the other, just because you're a uh, female or you're a man, then you're cutting out the creative value that is right in front of you. All you have to do is be able to step back from your own personal bias and stuff and say, okay, this person has a good voice, so we're going to use them for this movie. And I think it's a big part of it is people just need to get out of their own way. Even in my um, day job, we run into this problem. I was just discussing it with one of my employees today about this same exact thing. There's a gender bias that really shouldn't be there. There's no point in having a gender bias where none is needed, you know? I know I already said it, but, like, Dimitri Martin and, like, Belle, like, they were just so cute. And... Yeah, they uh, were a really cool little uncomfortable couple... And to watch them try to um, try to start a relationship, it was interesting to watch that develop because it it didn't take the straightforward route that it should have. It took the side route that seems to happen in real life more than in movies. In because movies, I've... everything is just. Point A to point B, and in the real world, it never happens that way. I enjoyed that. Everyone has insecurities, and they kind of take control sometimes. 
I really enjoyed the movie. It was interesting from a, it was interesting from the point of view that for me going into it, I was interested in the uh, voice acting aspect of it, and I thought they um, did a pretty decent job with that. Although it would have been fun to see maybe some of the outtakes and stuff, or a little bit more in depth in the voice acting world, other than just the movie announcer trailer part of it, you know, but I thought it was a lot of fun and um, definitely one that I'll probably watch again. Same here. It was exquisite with a monocle and a mustache. (laughs) Wow. It was definitely worth watching and it kind of gave a almost a wake-up call to the Hollywood kind of almost gave people involved in that uh, field and kind of a wake-up call for Hollywood all the way around just as far as the gender bias that we were talking about you know it's basically saying hey you know we can do this We have voices that people will want to hear and will respond to. And being announcers for big movies, you know, we can do this and actually we can do this and be just as good as our male counterparts, you know. So that was, it was definitely good. Oh my god, it was so weird when um, Gustav started kissing her nose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Why? That's kind of what we were both saying. The whole scene that went on way long. Yeah. That was a throwback to Hot Shots Part D. An old Charlie Sheen parody movie of uh, Top Gun. He does that very uncomfortable nose sucky kiss thing and it was a whoa what is that even there so um yeah that was an unnecessary scene that just made the whole thing uncomfortable oh it was necessary to make you feel uncomfortable I don't understand how that scene progressed beyond that as far as it did I'm pretty sure most people would have stopped it at that point and said, no, no, look at the time. I gotta go. You know? I don't know. It was very odd. Mm Hmm. Yep. If you want to see the uh, nose kiss scene, I'm sure you can do that. I'm not going to explain it right now. So, Mm. yeah. Okay, so overall, what did you think of the movie? It was really good. I really enjoyed it. It spoke to me, you know, as a aspiring voice actor and just the film industry was shown in a realistic way and uh, I would, you know, give it definitely five out of five stars. Well realistic from our point of view anyway i'm sure on the inside of it it may be a little bit different but from what i i've heard about it and 
I'm sure what you've heard about it, it seems kind of accurate, but, you know, it goes back to generalizations there, you know, it doesn't work to do a generalization of any given thing, but, um, I really enjoyed the movie, I don't think I'd go as far as 5 out of 5, but I'd say definitely 3.5 to 4 stars, something like that, you know. It's just not one that I'm going to sit down and watch over and over and over, but I'll definitely watch it again at some point, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like my favorite movie, but yeah. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, it was well done. That's, that's the important bit. Okay, so the next movie we're going to watch and review for the podcast is... Fight Club. Don't which talk. is a bit of a problem because what I do know about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club, so... Oh boy, yeah. We'll see how well that does on the podcast if we can't talk about it, but... Zippy lid. Okay, so that wraps it up for this edition of Film Underdogs. Hey listeners, check us out on Facebook, Film Underdogs, and on Twitter you can find us at Film Underdogs. You can contact us by email, filmunderdogs at gmail.com. For our next episode, we're going to have Wes Ramsey on. He's a local actor who we've worked with on one project so far. He was in the 48-hour film project that we did, and I've bumped into him several times since then. And so we're going to have him on and... uh, talk about his experiences some and always remember to follow your dreams and stay inspired Our great depression is our lives.